We return this morning to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7. It is very appropriate that we take into consideration this morning at the table of the Lord the testimony of Noah. Hebrews 11, 7. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Father, even as we once again read this brief but poignant testimony of Noah, our minds begin to stir with some of the particular things of which the scripture here says of him. And we are thankful this morning to use the life and the testimony of Noah as found in this text to prepare us for participation at the table of the Lord. Thank you. We praise you. We ask you to help us. In Jesus' name and for his blessed sake, amen. Noah's earthly experience and faith is much more closely applicable to us than that of Abel or Enoch. The exact earthly experience of Abel does apply to my understanding and yours as to the worship that is approved by God. Nonetheless, our experience is not much like that of Abel's actual experience before being murdered of his brother Cain. Likewise, Enoch, his living experience that ends in rapture, may well be what will happen to me or you. There's a good number of us somewhat surprised that hasn't happened already. But nonetheless, we don't expect it to happen individually. If you come next Sunday morning and somebody says, Pastor is gone, we don't know where, we think the Lord took him, well, you can be sure the Lord may have taken me, but it isn't an individual rapture. I'm either stuck on some tree or, you know, something. But we anticipate the fact that there will be a day that we might be more closely aligned with Enoch, or at least some in earthly experience, and yet we would be amiss to think that that will be our exact experience. But Noah, Noah's experience on earth is very parallel and applicable to me and to you. Noah was the first man in the record of Scripture to exercise faith in a specific prophecy stated of things to come. That which God told him would come was in fact outside the realm of his regular experience. When God told Noah that he would destroy the world that was with a flood, Noah had never even at that point 
seen rain. Yet Noah believed God, built the ark, and became an heir of righteousness. So says Hebrews 11.7. Noah is the first complete example in the Bible of trust and obey. He's the first complete example. He demonstrates working faith, or if you will, the faith that works. Wordsby's comments concerning Noah are appropriate. Noah's faith involved the whole person. His mind was warned of God. His heart was moved with fear. And his will acted upon what God told him him in specific action. Noah lived under the promise of God's coming judgment upon sinful men, as do we. Noah anticipated a judgment by worldwide flood. We anticipate a judgment by worldwide fire. Noah's faith allowed him to receive the new world after the flood. Our faith allows us to receive the new heavens and earth, the eternal state. Let's now zero in for just a few moments in preparation of our hearts this morning on the testimony of Noah as seen here in Hebrews 11.7. First of all, as plainly stated, Noah believed God's warning. Noah believed God's warning. Population had greatly increased on the earth. Political unions and alliances were established by means of marriage. Perversion became more and more the norm on the planet in that day. God's decision to destroy mankind and to communicate it to Noah preceded the actual flood waters by a considerable number of years, giving much opportunity for repentance. Noah took seriously the word of God concerning the coming judgment. Faith came by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The word warn in seven. Verse 7 of chapter 11 is a business term. And it specifically means to transact private business concerning public affairs. It pictures the modern day boardroom where private decisions are made affecting public policy. God met with Noah and told him of his private decision affecting public policy. And he told Noah exactly what he should do about it by way of preparation. Noah had received of God insider information and was told not to keep silent concerning it. Noah believed God. 
Noah believed God. It started between God and Noah with the exercise of faith. Without faith, impossible to please God. Noah pleased God. Noah believed God. He didn't just believe in God. He believed God by faith, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by which he condemned the world. Second thing in in verse 7 has to do with Noah's building of the ark according to God's design. God gave to Noah precise instructions for building that ark of salvation. It was a massive undertaking, even by today's standards, with the availability of machinery and equipment. Noah not only began to build, but kept on building for years and years during days of open mockery. But he did so with godly fear, meaning that he built always with an eye and a heart bent towards God and not fixed on the people that were around him. This means that he placed more value on the word of God that he heard than the words of men being heard around him. This means that he treated the message of God with respect and awe. This means that he was a careful craftsman leading to uh, uh, follow precisely God's blueprint for the ark. Uh, The New Testament words of diligence and circumspect walk come to mind as good descriptions of Old Testament Noah. Hebrews 11.7 places emphasis upon uh, Noah's building the ark upon its practical value. And its practical value is astounding. Why? The practical value of Noah's work in building did two things. One, saved his family. Two, condemned the world. Think of those two things. One act of obedience before God saved the family. And condemn the world. What a powerful testimony to trust and obey. He not only trusted God, he not only believed God, but that belief carried forward in works. This is one of the great ironies of Hebrews 11.7 concerning the testimony of, of Noah. Noah's name means rest. But his testimony is a testimony of work. Noah's was a resting work. Not by works of righteousness which we have done are we saved. But once we find our rest, once we find our Noah... In Christ, then we are appointed unto good works in the same way that Noah 
because he rested in the Lord by faith, not only believed the warning, but he moved with godly respect, with godly reverence, with godly awe, and he prepared, he built that ark. And it wasn't done in 10 minutes. Noah had a long life of pounding boards and preaching to hordes. His was a life of pounding boards and preaching to hordes. And the amazing thing is, he got to take some satisfaction in the thing that he built with boards. And yet the difficulty and the heartache was after all those years of faithful witness, the only ones to join him on the ark were his three sons and their wives. But thank God, their family was saved. And the influence of a dad that was marked by trust and obey is established in the biblical record. Noah, thirdly, according to verse 7, became an heir of righteousness. Noah was declared to be righteous by faith. He didn't deserve God's righteousness, but became an heir of God by faith. The scripture, if you reread the chapter 6 of Genesis, the scripture says, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. After the ark settled on Mount Ararat, Noah and his family received the world that then was. But because of his faith, long ago, he will also be a recipient of the world which is to come. He who received the world after the flood will also be a part of the new world after the judgment by fire. As an heir of righteousness, Noah's life and legacy is therein yet to be complete. By faith, we too are heirs of God's righteousness with implications both now and in the future. Let me just end this little devotional time of preparation before participation to the Lord's table with just a, a statement of that parallel between Noah and me and Noah and you as to earthly experience. He lived under the warning of God's coming judgment. So do we. He bore the burden of telling others of that coming day. So do we. He saw very few heed the warning that he delivered, the warning that he believed. And in spite of a good attendance this morning for this little local church, we still talk in terms of few. He was at times openly mocked for obeying God 
so might we be. He survived the day of coming wrath by the provision of God. And likewise, we have been delivered from the wrath to come. Finally, he received the new world as promised. And likewise, we will receive the new world as promised. It's not too hard then to figure out that Jesus is our ark. The ark of our salvation is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Father, how we thank you 